Amen. I want to thank uh, Brother Bill for that fine message he preached this morning. Amen. 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 Uh, as they say, we'll be saying that all week long for the next two weeks. We'll be uh, meditating and, and reiterating that. So I want to thank Brother Fraser for reading the scripture text for us. And if you would meet us in Joshua chapter number 1 and verses 7 and 8, we'll read it again for emphasis sake. Again, that's Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And the text reads, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. But Bill, you know, whenever the Holy Spirit, through command of God, uses word like good, good success, that's way above what, what we call success. Amen. You know, that's, that's, that's putting a multiplier on, on that. So he said, if you do what he just said here, if you meditate on this book day and night and and, and, and not just meditate just to be reading a verse a day to keep the devil away, you know. If, if you read it with the intention of I'm going to God's word to learn something new that I can make application to my life, he said that, and you, and you continuously do this, he said you shall have good success along with making your way prosperous. Prosperous don't always mean digits in the bank. Doesn't always mean money, having money, but you can be prosperous and be broke. Amen. But 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 see, it's all it's all in your mindset of what prosperous means. See, the book of Joshua here had a lot to say, and and this can be applied not just to Israel in that day; it can apply to us as well. See, because I, I know in Brother Fraser's class, I. I I was out in the hall and I, and I heard them talking about a subject uh, a week or two ago and they was talking about success, I think, you know. And I couldn't hear it all because I, I, was, I was trying to do some other things. But I think they were asking uh, the definition of success. I might be wrong in what, you know, what it was. But, but if I was to ask you your definition of success, um, you, you might come up with, a number of answers. You, 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 you might talk about having enough money that, you know, you didn't have to worry about nothing or you, you just got uh, uh, your new vehicle or you, you got your new home and, you know, uh, you got your new husband and your, your new wife and, you know, you, you got all these different things. Your, your health is good and all these different things 
might be your definition of success. Some, some no doubt, would talk about their careers being where they might want it to be. But what if I asked you, what is your definition of spiritual success? What would your answer be then? See, I, I want to talk this evening uh, about that, that subject. My, my subject tonight is seeking spiritual success. And, and I think some of the same things that uh, Joshua had to say in there can be applied as well to us because they, they, they speak of the same things in the New Testament as well. See, for one thing, spiritual success begins with, and I'm going to talk about three different areas. I'm going to talk about commitment to Christ, confidence in Christ, and contentment in Christ. Amen? So co commitment to Christ. In, in 2 Timothy chapter number, and, and if you don't have a copy of God's word, if you raise your hands, the usher will make sure you get it because I, I'm one who uh, don't like people just to be sitting and just hearing scripture I believe the way that you store scripture in your head is by looking at it or reading along with it. And you'd be surprised with this great computer that God gave us, better than anything man has ever made, that when, when we take it in, it's stored in there. You might have problems recalling it, but it, it's definitely every time you look at it and read it with your eyes and hear it with your ears, you're, you're, you're planning that in your computer. So, so... And I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about a few uh, scripture texts that uh, I would advise you to, to look at them uh, tonight so that you can meditate on them at a later date. So in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, it reads, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him, who has chosen him to be a soldier. See, it, even though we don't think that we are soldiers, that we're in a war, the scriptures tell us that we're in a war and we're in a spiritual battle that, that, that we're, we've been uh, brought into. See, and this text here means, he says, no one being a soldier, see, see, us that in the military, when we were in there, we know that when you become a soldier, you didn't have no part-time job. You know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't work at 7-Eleven a certain amount of hours or, you know, hold down another job. No, you was a GI, you was government issued, and that was your job, okay? And, and when, when Uncle Sam was ready to uh, get up and move to another place, it didn't, it didn't matter what else you had going on the side. That was put to halt, and, and you moved on, and you went to where duty called you. So, so th that was your number one job. A as Christians, we, we don't realize, you, know, you, you might have a vocation of doing certain things, or your career is moving in this path, but your number one job as a, once you come to Christ is being a Christian. I'm a Christian who has to be, happens to be this, that, or the other. But I'm a Christian first. We might not want to say it like that, but that's what God looks at it as. See, and this, this being one who doesn't get entangled in affairs of this life, 
this means that we have to be watchful of anything that would divide our interests or weaken our ministry. See, sometimes, and, and this, this agrees with um, the things that Jesus told us and, 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 and a number of other places in here. See, we can't have anything dividing our interests. Jesus said, if you love mother, father, sister, brother, even that person you look at in the mirror, if you love them more than me, then you're not fit to be my disciple. And then sometimes in picking our vocation or in our seeking success, we, we might go seeking for a job that pays six digits. And we, 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 when we get that, now, when we get that, we don't have our time to ourselves no more, okay? Because they're going to require you to work some of them seven days a week. We, say they give you one off. You, you, you got six days a week, all day long, 12-hour days or, or whatever. And, 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 so, so, and, and for the person that's become a Christian, see, now that, and, and, and that one day that you have off a week, Perhaps it might be Sunday, but you don't have every Sunday off, okay? You got one Sunday out of the month off, you know. You don't have no days during the week, so there will be no Bible study during that, okay? And you get to come to one service out of a month. Now, you tell me how that spiritual man is going to get fed with, with that one time a month, Okay, getting hors d'oeuvres, as I call it, from the pulpit, because you, you don't get a chance to ask those questions that you don't understand when, the, when you're hearing a message. You get to ask those questions in Bible study when there's an exchange. But he said, you have to be watchful as that soldier. If that soldier couldn't have any, any, any distractions, as Christians, we can't have distractions that will weaken our interests or our ministry. See, people often forget that in baptism, we pledge allegiance to the cause of Christ. And we receive the Spirit of God to help us to live out that pledge. See, when, when we went down in that water, we, we, we told Satan, I quit you. I quit you, okay? And, and we came up there pledging allegiance to Christ. And when, when, we, when you did that, Satan said, all right, it's on now, okay? You think you quit me. You, you know, some of y'all have had them people in y'all like where y'all tried to quit two or three times and, and they told you, no, nah, that's what you say. I ain't going nowhere, okay? And, and, and it happened on, on, on both sides, you know. And, and later on, you had to get a restraining order against them. But, but see, Satan, Satan don't want to hear that about no restraining order. He said, you mind, and, and, and I'm going to try to get you back every chance I get. So because you choose in size, Satan now steps up his attack to bring you down. He knows he can't get you, but he can bring you down. He can mess up your witness. So, so we enter into the spiritual battle with a spiritual foe, and fighting with him according to the flesh will not succeed. See, and, and Satan fools us with that to make us think that our enemy is the white man, the rich man, 
those light-skinned people, them dark-skinned people, them people down in the hood, you know, all these, they, they, all these different things, the outer person, he wants you to think that's your enemy, that's your foe. And, and when we play into that, and so many of us have played into that for so long, we, 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 we don't realize who the foe is. Because our foe doesn't have a color and, and doesn't have a body, you know. And, and, and too often we're fighting against people we can see and missing, missing the whole enemy. See, that, that's what 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 3 says to us. In, in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. They're mighty through God, not through us. Not, it's not you having a nine or, or a switchblade or, you know, have, having all your, your brass knuckles or nunchucks or whatever you want. He said, your weapons are mighty through God, and this is what it's able to do, to the pulling down of strongholds. See, we got some strongholds that, they ain't new strongholds. Some of, some of them been around for a long time, okay? They, we, we, you know, we talk about having skeletons in the closet. You know, some of us got skeletons that, that's dry bones, and some of them got, still got meat on them, okay? So, but, but we got strongholds that we tried everything to get rid of it and can't do it. But our weapons of warfare through God can pull down strongholds Casting down imaginations, that's the stuff that we spend too much time up here bringing up ourselves and won't let go, okay? And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. See, we know some people like that. We know some people outside of ourselves who, you know, see, you, that Bible, they ain't nothing but a crutch for weak-minded people, you know. You, you believe that? You, you know that they know the white man that messed with that, you know, and this they they didn't tamper with that's been tampered with, you know, and, and and it says he can pull down every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to obedience of Christ. So there, there's nobody outside of God's realm that he can't bring around. I, I, I look at Apostle Paul. I, I know some people in, in my family that I say, it's going to be a hard time trying to get them to come to Christ. But when I look at the Apostle Paul and all that he was doing to wreak havoc on the church, and God took one of the church's greatest enemies and took him and did, one of, did the church's greatest work through him, I look at my, my family members, I say, well, look, they're not as bad as he was, so, so we might have a chance with, with them. So, 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 see, many Christians fall short of pleasing God because they are they're not totally committed to him. Y'all know what I'm talking about, about that total commitment. See, that's when you know what God's word says, but you just choose to do something else. <laughs> I know what God's word says, but, but, you know, we, we say that, you know. So, so see, and, and that's why we never, see, you, you can obey the gospel. You can become a Christian 
And you could be a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years and never become committed. You was converted from one state to another, but you never became committed. See, commitment to Christ is, is key. See, spiritual success demands complete abandonment of self and acceptance of God's will. Huh. That's some hard saying right there. Isn't it? it didn't say a little bit, uh, a little bit of abandonment of self. I said complete abandonment of self and acceptance of God's will. Now, I know that won't sit well with a lot of people because, you know, we always want to have our two cents worth in, in, in it. You know, we, we, we want to be able to give God some, some, some directions, some pointers. You know, we leaning on his chair telling him, well, look, Lord, I think it should be. He, he tells us, go ahead. I'm, I'm running this. I'm directing this show, man. See, but, but this about being completely abandoned of self agrees with what the Bible teaches wasn't it John the Baptist, baptizer, who said in, in John 3 and verse 30, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. He's telling you right there. See, see, just a little bit of me in the way will keep me from seeing Christ. Just this little bit right here. See, it, you, you, can, you can take this and put it up to your eyeballs. Like, take your two little fingers and put these little tips up to your eyes. Like, you can't even see Christ. If he was right there in front, you can't see that. So just a little bit of you will keep you from, from seeing Christ. See, our commitment to Christ will increase as we deal with my second point, which is confidence in Christ when it grows. See, when our confidence in Christ grows, our commitment would, to him would be better. See, when, when we look at the world and the conditions in our nation today, we can certainly see a breakdown in trust and confidence. And, and this holds true in government, business, schooling, church and families we can see a breakdown of trust and confidence in all these areas see but in spite of all these things christ still is the truth and putting your confidence in him is a safe place see isn't that what first john chapter number five and verse 14 50 i'm gonna give you time to get there if you will 1 John chapter number 5 and verses 14 and 15 has some things that we need to at least see and maybe meditate on at, at, at a later date. In 1 John 5, 14, 15, it reads, And this is the confidence that we have in him. And I want to say, I want to say, first of all, in order to know who the him is. You got to go back a few verses because automatically we'll think we're talking about Christ here, okay? But that's not who the him is talking about, okay? It's talking about God, but it said, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, 
whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Now, this says, this is our confidence. We got confidence in knowing that whatever we ask, according to his will, he hears us. So, so is this verse saying that, it, that we can just go to God and name it and claim it and, and get whatever we want? from him no that's not what it's saying see and, and I believe in letting scripture interpret scripture while, while you in in first John turn to first John chapter number three three and verse 22 starting at first John three and 22 let's see if we can interpret what was said here in first John three and 22 it says and whatever we ask we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, there, there are some conditions here. See, he, we, remember in, in, in the previous verse, it said our confidence was that whatever we ask, we know that we have if it's according to his will. See, some people read over, they miss that part. They just seen the part where whatever I ask, I'm going to get, okay? But it has to be according to his will. And he says further in, in, in 1 John 3 and 23, it says, and this is his commandment. Now, he just told you in the verse before that, he says, whatever we ask, we receive because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He said, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that's one part, and love one another as he gave us commandments. Now, how well are we doing on these commandments? Are, are we loving his son like he said that we should, and, and are we loving one another like we said, like he said we should? Verse, verse 24 says, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. Don't, don't miss that ETH on dwell. That means continuously. He says, And he that keepeth his commandment liveth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he has given us. See, uh, are we being led by the Spirit? It, are we listening to the Spirit? Are, are we taking commands from the Spirit? He says, if we obey his commandments, then are we his disciples indeed. See, there are some conditions to be met to be in a position of confidence. This word confidence, this, this word means freedom of speech. Now, and when y'all go back later on and you look at this, look, look at it with that meaning, freedom of speech, okay? Freedom of speech or boldness to speech, okay? Either one of those things. See, asking according to his will, that means asking according to his will, obedience to his commandments, and, and both of these texts we just read in, in, in 1 John and they agree with these conditions that, we, that we're talking about now. Now, he said, now we must not always, we, we don't always do these things perfectly. We don't always obey his commands, and we don't always do the things 
that's pleasing in God's sight. Do we? No, we don't. But thank God we have an example to follow. We got an example that we see. See, I'm always of the opinion that somebody showed me something to do. I'm a pretty good imitator. I can, I can, I can imitate what somebody showed me. And, and, and nowadays, we got a lot of people who, in families, we got young men who don't know how to be a man because they didn't have an example of a man around. And then we have some kids who, who had uh, a man around. They might have had a, a father or they might have had a mom and dad in the household, but they, didn't, they don't know how to be a, a Christian dad because they didn't have a Christian parent around. And, and it could be vice versa with a lady as well. But, but we, a lot of times we're not, we're not giving our kids the right example for them to imitate because sometimes they won't listen to what we say. Some of them will, they, they will, will do what, what they see. Some, some will will do it because they caught that from us rather than we taught them that. So, so we, we have to use whatever means that we have. But see, because we don't do this perfectly and we have a model that is Christ, we need to, be, we need to strive to be like Christ. See, I, I, I love these two passages right here. See, Christ was in a position of confidence, boldness to speak. In, in John 8 and 29, turn to that. John 8 and 29. Jesus said in John chapter number 8 and verse 29, he says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I've read this a number of times because this is, this is a goal to, to always aim at. I might not ever meet that goal. You, did you hear what he said here? He said, I always do the things that please him. I'm trying to get through this hour right here that we in right now. I'm trying to get, make it to 6 o'clock. And, and people, people... I hear people saying, you know, you see somebody say, hey, Ron, how you doing? He says, Man, I'm taking one day at a time. I say, you, you, you taking a whole day at a time? I'm down in minutes and seconds. I'm trying to just get, you know, do the few, next few minutes and seconds. I say, that's presumptuous to think I'm taking a whole day at a time. So, 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 but, but, but Jesus said, I always do the things that please him. Now, let me show you an example of that where he puts that in, in the practice where he shows you the, the, the reward of that. In John, same book, chapter 11, and verse 41. John 11 and verse 41. Now, those that, that know, this is when he came to Lazarus. Okay, Lazarus had been dead. In 41 it says, he told them to take the stone away. He said, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people here, 
the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. See, we just, we just read in 1 John, if, if we ask according to his will, we, we keep his commandments. Jesus just said, I know you always hear me. But what I'm about to ask for with the call Lazarus from the grave, say, I know I already got that. I don't have to ask you for that. I know I have, I have that confidence, that boldness to speak because of my relationship with you. See, like I said, we, we, some, some things we, we might not never reach, but we should have the goal of striving for that because it will be, be a lot better than what we are at the moment. See, as our confidence in Christ grows, so does our patience, which is needed for the contentment that we seek through Christ. See, this contentment is so widespread in today's society that it causes many people to try to find contentment through possessions, pleasures, and popularity. See, you, you, people are just looking for contentment through these different mediums. But Solomon had a conclusion to that matter. He said, I tried everything. Solomon said, I had all the money I, I, I wanted. He said, I went shopping and, and I didn't even ask the prices. So I said, give me 10 of those and five of those and, and 50 of those. You know, he didn't, so money wasn't his option. He could go anywhere he wanted. He was popular. People traveled from other countries just to hear this man speak. So he, and, and pleasures, he, he could take trips and go wherever he wanted to without worrying about a price tag. So he said, but after all this, having access to all this, he said the conclusion of the matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. See, the only lasting, real and lasting contentment is found only in Christ. You might, some, somebody say, well, I think I can find some somewhere else. Well, you, you, you go here. I said the only real and lasting contentment, you, you might be happy for a while, okay? But see, happiness is situational, okay? That only lasts as long as all your ducks are in a row and everything, they acting right, this is acting right, then you'd be happy. But, but we're talking about real lasting contentment. See, they, they are uh, sales advertisers, the advertisers out here who make their living off of making you feel dissatisfied with what you have. I, I, I just never forget the commercial that I've seen on television. I'm looking at it, and they was, it was a Cadillac commercial, okay? And they were saying, they were showing the Cadillac and with all the bells and whistles and whatnot, and they say, this is the car that your neighbors say you don't deserve, okay? Now, see... If you're sitting there, and some people, see, they use subliminal messages for us through TV. You're sitting there, and you don't get along with your neighbor, you know, say, and he say, oh, he said that about me? I'll show him. I'll show him tomorrow. I'm, I'm going out here, and I'm getting the latest Cadillac. I'll show him. This wasn't even about your neighbor. But see, they know how to touch our button to make us do stuff that, that manipulate us into doing stuff that we should not even be doing. See, we have to remember. And, and, and the, when they show you the, the car you just got last year, 
we, got, we got water coming for you, Ebony. The car you just got last year, and you, you ain't even the, the, you haven't even wore off your, 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 your excitement about it. But they telling you, oh, the 18, 2018 model has everything. It's got, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's, it, it not only tell you when your air pressure is low in your tires, but it, it has lane assist and, and, and it tells you when, when you need your next oil change because, you know, you got, you got 60,000 more miles on, on this and, and, and it's got the backup camera and it, the, the, the front camera, you know, all these different things. And it, it's trying to displeasure you and make you seek after the next one before you, you, you have your pleasure having you walk for the one you got. But, but this, is what, this is what society will do. See, remember this. Contentment is not getting what you want, but wanting what you have. Contentment is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you have. See, some of us are so busy with out. See, we, we, we all have a want meter. Okay, that's, you know, it's, it's usually supposed to be over here, but it goes like this. Keep going up and up. You want more, it keep on going up. And some of them have flatlined over here. My arm won't even go all the way over here. But see, some people want me to have flatlined over here, and it just stays over here. It stays on, I want, okay? And see, and, and, and society will make you continuously want to have more. See, we have to, Make the choice of whether we're going to be a spiritual thermometer or a thermostat. We have to be either one. We can continue to be spiritual thermometers, which doesn't change anything around us, but just goes through spiritual ups and downs. Or we can be as the Apostle Paul, who was a thermostat, which regulated the surroundings and changes them things that needed to be changed. See, see Paul, and this, this is as I close, Paul didn't have this spiritual contentment immediately after being saved. No, it, he, he didn't have that. He had to go through some difficult situations to learn. He had to learn some things. That's what he said in his, he said, I learned that I can accept all things. Philippians 4.11. He said, I learned that I can do all things. Philippians 4 and 13. I learned that I have all things. Philippians 4 and 18. In my conclusion, I said in the beginning that we are in a spiritual war. Contentment is not escape from the battle, but abiding in peace and confidence in the midst of the battle. See, we're in a battle and if we don't have these things in our life, these are things that's freely given to us from Christ. But it's all in what you're seeking. The, I, the, my title of this was Seeking Spiritual Contentment. Seeking Spiritual Confidence. Okay. And, and we can have that. We can have that. We can have that contentment. Learning how to be content. See, a lot of us, we're not content with what we have, and, and we, but, but we're asking God for more. And God is not going to give us more stuff to be discontented about if we don't, if we don't appreciate what we already have. Amen? 
Maybe you're here today and uh, you, you might resemble yourself in here or you see some things in here that you might need to change. Well, you have access to God's throne and anything that you ask according to his will, he's going to give it to you. you. If he knows that you, you need, he, you, you might not want to admit that I, I don't have contentment. I, 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 that's the forever thing from my mind. I got too many things I want. If he got a bullseye around it, whether you ask for it or not, he's going to work on that thing in us. In, in any of us. Oh, amen. And, and as Brother Bill said this morning, before we preached to y'all, I had to preach to me about this, okay? And we, we, we had to, and, and things that I don't like in there, I can't take it out. I, I, I got to preach it to me as, as well as to, to y'all. So we, we just got to change. And, and the, the main thing I know is about that, that divided concentration because I've seen too many Christians who allow the, their interests and their obedience to be divided. And I see them repeating their first year of Christianity over and over and over again, going through the same disappointments. And they, they've been 10, 15 years in Christ, and they think they got 10, 15 years of experience, but they got one year experience 15 times, okay? You know, they, they haven't graduated uh, above that. And that's a shame for us to, to be like we're going through the same trials that we had in our first year of Christianity. So, uh, as I said, if you're here, you got access to God's throne to, to ask them for the help that you need. If you're here and you haven't obeyed the gospel, it starts by hearing God's word, believing his word, making up your mind you want to change. It's called repentance. At that point, God is right there waiting for you to help you to make that change. Then confess the sweetest name on mortal tongue, be baptized for the remission of your sins, and remain faithful unto death. God said, I'll give you a crown of life. We're going to stand and sing the hymn of invitation. <laughs>